This episode of CougarCast is brought to you by Your True Voice, Deborah Bonner's superior vocal training program. Deborah has taught people how to sing for over 50 years and truly believes that if you can speak, you can sing. She is a master transformational vocal coach who is going to help you have a full voice. You'll be able to sing any song style in the way that you are meant to sing it. You'll sing higher with more range. You'll sing clearer, no more flips or breaks in your voice. And you're going to develop all this while preserving your vocal health. That's right, no vocal tension whatsoever. You see, Deborah believes that singing is an athletic event. And so she wants to make sure to get your vocal cords nice and strong and flexible. Whew! And the next thing you know, you'll be singing with more authenticity than ever before. You may have heard of the Bonner family, very talented family of singers. Deborah is the matriarch of the Bonner family. And if you haven't heard of them, go, go check them out right now. Go see their YouTube. Check them out. Go listen to their wonderful music be inspired by it but more importantly understand that you as well can find your true voice deborah has been giving vocal lessons for over 50 years her lifetime of knowledge is now available to you at yourtruevoice.com you can take the very first lesson of her superior vocal training program for free by going to yourtruevoice.com dot com and checking it out and once you take that free lesson you are going to get a coupon for the, the second and third group of lessons with deborah bonner now deborah says here that to have a personal lesson with her is 250 dollars get your first lesson it's just a 10 minute vocal transformation that's what it's called and you can do that right now at yourtruevoice.com. If anyone in your life, or even you, have ever thought about improving your voice and finding ways to be better singing, today's the day for absolutely free. Again, yourtruevoice.com. Go check out Deborah Bonner's Superior Vocal Training Program. Tom Morale, Brigham Young University, defensive back. Let me tell you, Kyle's fantastic. He's intercepted more passes than Brooke Shields' mother. <laughs> All right, that's a clip from the All-American Show from the 1984. First you heard, of course, BYU legend Kyle Morrell, and then Bob Hope giving a great little one-liner about the best defensive back in the history of BYU Football, Kyle Morrell, who passed away this last week at the age of 57 after battling ALS. Kyle Morrell, undoubtedly, is on the all-time BYU defense at safety. Think about a guy that has this sort of wicked combination and is probably better than each of these people as I list them off at the thing that I'm going to give the, the attribute for. So think about having a safety who had the playmaking of Kai Nakua, the physicality of Aaron Francisco, the football instinct of Daniel Sorensen, the athleticism of Derwin Gray, 
and the speed of Dian Guamaloku. It's a pretty good football player. <laughs> That's exactly what Kyle Morrell was. The anchor, the defensive player of the year, uh, the, the All-American from that amazing BYU defense in 1984. Lots of great players, but Morrell stood out. Again, he was a first-team All-American. A fantastic player, and of course, famous for the big moment the national championship saving moment, probably the biggest moment in the history of BYU athletics, period, at large, possibly, possibly. So here, let's let's have a listen to that. Well, BYU doesn't want to give up that lead. They're not giving it up easily. I don't know if he made it that time. Sure we had did. a BYU linebacker go right over the top and hit him. Or maybe Kyle Morrell come right over the top. If it's fourth down, and it is, here's another big call. I, they lost some yardage that time. I think they did. Kyle Morrell really timed that play perfectly. Dove committed himself. It would have been offsides if he would have missed it. And the TV call of Jay Monson and Steve Young, who secretly kind of blew that. <laughs> they they kind of blew the call. It happens. It's hard to be a play-by-play announcer for sure. Steve Young is so locked into. He's thinking about fourth down. You see some of that pedigree uh, that he had right then and there. But I got to say, um, for how big a moment that is, how visually arresting that play is, and, and how big a moment it ended up being in the game, in the way it switched things, in it preserving an undefeated season with all those things, uh, not... Not the most robust, excited uh, call uh, that you've ever heard. Uh, but there it is. Kyle Morrell, goal line hero against Hawaii. Most dramatic moment in BYU's only undefeated season. Uh, there may be another undefeated season we are in the middle of. It saved a national championship. He's obviously named, uh, as I've mentioned now a couple times, uh, first team, 1984, All-American. Um I think he's the probably the greatest player to ever wear number five in the history of of BYU sports. Uh, that's a really hard and contested number. A ton of worthy candidates there. I, I've I've thought about this before. Obviously, Durham Gray. Uh, he wore number five. Kyle Collinsworth. Jennifer Hampson wore it for the women's basketball when they went to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, uh, Marlisa Salama was the national player of the year uh, for uh, the women's volleyball team. Wally Joyner wore number five while he was at BYU. Uh, Carlos Moreno, he was the uh, national player of the year and he was the uh, Cougars uh, setter in the national championship season in like 2004 or five. Anyway, there's been some really good uh, players to wear number five, but I think Given the importance of how how BYU was put on the map, BYU athletics were put on the map by Lavelle Edwards and that football team, and in particular, uh, what happened in 1984, it just defined the whole thing. Taking a risk, going for it, timing it just right, and and getting it it done, and stopping uh, Rafael Cherry, 
at the uh, <laughs> two-inch line uh, there at the Aloha Bowl. I, I, I just – Aloha Stadium. I, I just think that it's a uh, an incredible, incredible moment. And not just the moment, you know – I mean, this is, again, in a, in a season where they, they led the season – off against Pittsburgh and against Dan Marino and Marino had trouble getting getting things going and Kyle Morrell came in and, and had a really strong showing uh, against against Dan Marino in Pittsburgh uh, that that very first game of the year I, I just think when you watch these old games he has always flown off the screen just just like whoa who is that uh, Kyle Morrell Fantastic player. Fantastic player. ALS, it's time to do another ice bucket challenge. If you've got five bucks in your pocket, let's uh, let's send it in in the name of Kyle Morrell. Uh, I was happy to do that myself. Um, so rest in peace. Uh, best to all those who knew him personally and loved him, but... Uh, even me, I, you know, I, I was, I was barely born when all that was going on. I I've just gone back and watched the videos. I'm a fan. I'm a big, big fan. And, uh, I, I know, I know that we lost one of the Titans of the program. And so again, we, we wish him well. And, and Cougar nation is, is a little less whole, uh, following this week. Okay, following a bye week, the Cougars get back on the field against 0-3 North Alabama. The Lions from the Big South Conference. Woo, baby. <laughs> Coming into town uh, to play the undefeated BYU Cougars. Coming off a tremendous, shell-shocking, how about that kind of win, huh? What? A, isn't that something? 51-17. to and and that seventeen, it didn't you know, didn't even really feel like it was that close. Uh, Cougars, Cougars in control. They showed us everything we needed to see. You know, they've only got two more questions left on the regular season exam. It's unfortunate the way that this season kind of turned out. I think it's only going to be two. I mean, people like to to think about all the different uh, uh, the possibilities of adding more people to the schedule, adding more people to the schedule. I just don't see – I just don't see it. I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if it happened, you know. I mean, so late in the game, unless the Cougars are, are willing to play past December 12th. But it's looking more and more, you know, unlikely that they're going to add more games to the mix. So North Alabama, San Diego State, both at home. Uh, two more opportunities for us to to enjoy Zach Wilson. I would think that uh, he is going to go. I was thinking about this. Is When was the last time we've seen a player uh, improve to that degree? Where you went, holy. <laughs> so, uh, where, where you just, you thought, oh, yeah, okay, they're serviceable. There's, okay, they're nice, nice player. But, and then you see him the next year and you're like, wow, this, this guy's awesome. Um, doesn't happen that often. Uh, it's pretty rare. Uh, just going off the, the top of my head, um, I was thinking about this on the basketball side. It was really interesting to see Noah Hartsock go from, 
his his junior to his senior year. It was supposed to be, you know, what the it was presumed to be Brandon Davies' team. Brandon Davies was going to be a junior, and um, you know, the presumption was is that Davies was going to be in charge. <laughs> um, didn't work out that way. Noah Hartsock came in. He was the best player on BYU's team that season. That was a surprise. Um, other guys that caught us off guard. On the football side, and at least on the quarterback, from from the quarterback position, the last time we saw this was probably John Beck uh, between his sophomore and junior seasons. And then again, he made another leap from his junior to his senior season. But in particular, that, that jump from his sophomore to his junior season, Beck was making mistakes and and having a hard time playing winning football and struggled in the red zone and was able to hit you know that was a pretty exciting team actually with with um, with the two the two wideouts that he had at that time with Austin Colley and um, Todd Watkins and I think I think when you, you saw he would he would be able to wing it down the field and they gained uh, uh, quite a bit of yardage because of Todd Watkins and and Austin Colley going downfield, but then we were also making lots of mistakes and struggling in the red zone. We saw a similar improvement, and then but but this thing that we've seen with Zach Wilson has been pretty significant, pretty significant. Um, I've for whatever reason continued to keep my guard up, continue to keep my guard up. Uh, it's I feel pretty darn confident that they're going to get through these next two games. Um, they're going to be just fine. So I think it brings up a couple kind of important questions. So where do we see the Cougars going following the season? Let's assume they get to 10-0, and and let's assume they don't add any more games. And maybe there's a good reason to not add any more games. Because I think it's likely that they're going to get through, uh, certainly going to get through North Alabama, almost certainly going to get through San Diego State. So if they can figure out those two games, they get to 10-0, and they're ranked 8th in America, they're pretty much promised a, a, a New Year's Six Bowl game. So they're either going to be on December 31st or on New Year's Day. And again, if they're on New Year's Day, it's just the second time we've ever played past <laughs> New Year's Day uh, in the history of the program. So you're already kind of guaranteed that. And the question is, is if you add a random game against, you know, let's say Arizona State opens up and they're like, yeah, okay, we want to play. Or Utah, and that comes in. Of course, I, with Utah, you definitely take it. <laughs> you play that game. We want to just end the streak. Try to end a streak. Let's go. Like, take that game. If, if, if you can get it, obviously do that one. But in every other scenario... I just don't see if you added a game against a Pac-12 team, uh, there's no, you know, unless it's one of the top level Pac-12 teams, unless it's USC or Oregon, um, I don't see how it really helps BYU in any big significant way. And in some ways it's better, it's better just to go in and, and preserve the record you have and, and assure yourself one of those New Year's, New Year's Six bowl games. Um, because I just honestly think there's, there's just, there's no way that this team is going to see the playoff. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I just don't see it. 
I, I, even, even if everybody else loses two games, I, I think they would leave the Cougars out. So I, I think right now you're already set up with two weeks left to get the best result you could hope for, which is a New Year's Six Bowl game. So the more, the more questions you add to the exam, the more opportunities for it to blow up in your face. And, you know, you, you're, sm- you're close to the Peach Bowl. You're close to one of these New Year's Six Bowls. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's better to not add one of those games. I'm just saying that if the point is to play in bowl games, if the point is to see as much BYU football as possible, obviously it's not that. But I, I don't see them adding game. even if they added two more games. I don't see it making the difference unless somehow they were able to to gain, you know, USC and Oregon <laughs> to the schedule. And I, that's certainly not around the corner. So I got a great tweet um, from Clark Bjarnson. He's a friend of the show. He's he's written into the show a few times. Clark asks, uh, wouldn't it be great to meet the Big 12 champ in the Cotton Bowl and give and, and watch Zach Wilson and the Cougars give them a beatdown for the ages? He doesn't even care which opponent. He just cares. It doesn't matter. Just beating down the Big 12. And I get it. I get it. After all the, all the junk that we had to go through, that would be pretty fun. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're going to have anyone. In any of the big years, <laughs> unless unless you know I, Iowa State right now is on top, uh, maybe Oklahoma State Bedlam is uh, I think uh, coming up this weekend against uh, Oklahoma, but uh, right now it's they've kind of all beat each other uh, back and forth. Uh, so yeah, so it would be a lot of fun. He asked then, uh, who would I love? Who would I love to see BYU? Uh, play against well so here's the thing I kind of think what's going to happen is I think they're going to feed us like Cincinnati (laughs) right it feels like it's in the stars unless Cincinnati drops uh, one of those games they're just going to you know toss the Bearcats and the Cougars uh, the two the two schools that claim that their dance uh, their dance uh, teams win the national championship like every single year Cincinnati uh, does does that as well, the way we do with the Cougarettes. Uh, they do with the Bearcats. Anyway, uh, Cincinnati, just so you know, at UCF, uh, Temple, and then against uh, Tulsa is in the top 25. They're 25th right now. Uh, look, uh, other, other guys that are in the mix, currently in the mix. I mean, how would you feel about an Indiana Hoosier game? Um... Because right now, Ohio State is higher. It feels like certainly the playoff they would take Ohio State. But Indiana is undefeated. Top 10 team, uh, Big 10. Possible that they come out of this with like one loss and and look very good. Other teams from the Big 10 that are undefeated still, Northwestern and Wisconsin as uh, potential matchups. Marshall is undefeated. I don't think that they would... Uh, get slotted against the Cougars. I think that especially if if Cincinnati and BYU are still in the mix. Uh, and then, you know, and then you look at like maybe Miami. No, you know what I mean? Doesn't feel like it's going to be them. So, I mean, a weird a weird season deserves kind of a weird opponent, doesn't it? 
you know, Florida Gators, Georgia Bulldogs, Texas A&M maybe. I don't know. One of those teams. That'd be kind of fun out of the SEC. I don't know. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Indiana. Watch the Hoosiers, by the way. They're they're kind of a their coach is a madman. <laughs> He's crazy on the sidelines. Seems to be working though. Seems to be working. Really athletic quarterback. Uh, interesting team. Would be fun too because uh, the Cougars were. It would just be actually. Let's do that. Let's do it. Clark, your answer is officially the Indiana Hoosiers. That's who I want. And and just to be clear, the 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 way that it works out uh, for the New Year's Six is two of those six games are the semifinals for the college football playoff. So that would mean there's eight spots: uh, Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a uh, let's do a uh, the Fiesta Bowl and uh, Fiesta Bowl versus. Uh, versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Here's why. Uh, gives us a chance to get revenge for what happened in 1979. <laughs> we are in the history books this week. Uh, 1979, uh, Cougars go undefeated. Mark Wilson's the, the quarterback, and uh, the Cougars get uh, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers and the Holiday Bowl, and the Cougars have a chance to kick a field goal at the end of the game, and... They miss the field goal and lose, I believe, 38-37 uh, to the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, yeah. Let me just make sure that's right. Yeah, 1979. Yep, yep, 38-37. Lee Corso beats Lavelle Edwards down there at the Holiday Bowl. And, uh, ugh, that's a killer. <laughs> that game... Game is a killer, and uh, the poor kicker, uh, he Brent Johnson. That's right, Brent Johnson. He kicks the ball right at the uh, buzzer. He misses, misses the field goal. Cougars lose, and uh, so yeah. How about uh, how about that? That's the only other time the Cougars were undefeated through the regular season. Obviously undefeated in 1984, 1979. They went undefeated in the regular season and then lost in the bowl game. So, yeah, I think history has a way of repeating itself. Let's do it. Indiana Hoosiers, Fiesta Bowl, undefeated Cougs. Uh, It'll be interesting. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, Okay. I had a couple of the quick thoughts. When we were watching the Boise State game, I started having a conversation with my father about... Where does Dax Milne fit in in the all-time BYU receiving ranks? And the answer is really high, actually. <laughs> he He's pretty high in my book. I, I, I think he's better than Romney. I, I think uh, Dax Milne has been absolutely fantastic. I just want to take a second to shout out Dax Milne. Look, guys that are in front of him, uh, definitively in front of him, are Cody Hoffman. And, and Austin Colley. And um, and then, uh, you know, Glenn Kozlowski is in front of him. And, and there's there's several other pretty good wide receivers. But in terms of star wide receivers, BYU has never really been a star wide receiver place. We've had a bunch of guys who ran pretty good crisp routes and then got open and were able to, to gain yards. And, and Dax Milne is sort of like 
the best version of of that. He's the best version of sort of this traditional uh, BYU wide receiver that we kind of have had a, a lot of, right? <laughs> he's not Austin Collie, but he's like the best version of Dylan Collie, right? <laughs> or, or 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 Zach Collie. Um, or, or even Papa Kali, uh, or, or you know, Dax Milne is like the very best version you could possibly want of like Matt Allen, or, uh, or you know, he's kind of like basically he's like Eric Drage. That's pretty high praise. He's like an Eric Drage level, you know, uh, uh, wide receiver. Anyway, he's been he's been outstanding. Continues to be outstanding uh, week after week. Okay, look. Things to look for, and then in terms of quarterbacks, by the way, I've been asked this a few times. Ooh, where does where does Zach Wilson stack up in a, in the quarterback conversation? Look, this is an interesting one. If you go over his whole career, he's not as high as you think. If you go over uh, an individual season, he's higher than you think. Um, he he's putting together one of the very best seasons uh, uh, that a BYU quarterback ever has. Um, his numbers would be even better if we weren't blowing everybody out and he was sitting out <laughs> 15 minutes a game. Okay. He, it's like his if, if there was a minutes played number in football, people would be thinking he was having load management or something, right? He, he's just not playing that much. So his numbers don't get to sparkle quite as much, but he, he's been fantastic. I mean, as good, as good as you could want a quarterback to play, Zach Wilson is doing that. I said very early in this season that if he continued to throw at like 12 yards an attempt, the Cougars were going to go undefeated, and he's continued to to be right around that number all, all season. It, it, it's, it's really, really impressive. Here's the big thing to watch for in the North Alabama game against the Lions in North Alabama. The question is, is when is Zach Wilson – going to come out of the game. I, I think they'll at least play him for the entire first half. But if I was Kalani Satake and I got looking at it, I think it's time, right? I think I think you take a look at this and you say, okay, well, <laughs> you got to plan for next year because Zach Wilson didn't come back. So I, I would say – that the North Alabama game gives us a chance to kind of make some decisions about the quarterback for the 2021 season. Obviously, they have some interesting choices to make. Baylor Romney has looked pretty good. He's had games where he's looked pretty good. He's he's obviously talented, talented quarterback. Sophomore will be a junior next year. Can build on kind of some of the things that we've seen and let him go for his junior and senior year. It's a slam dunk, right? Maybe not. You got Jaron Hall, who, you know, obviously was uh, pretty effective when he played against Utah State last year and uh, had flashes, had flashes against South Florida uh, in the game where the Cougars ended up coming short against South Florida last season. Now, Here's the curveball. Do we get to see Jacob Conover? Big number 17. Highly touted recruit, 6'1", 205 quarterback, Chandler, Arizona. I think you might. I'd be curious. I'd be curious 
to get a chance to see Jacob Conover and, and maybe see what he looks like. But the thing that I think might be most interesting is to see how they manage. If, if the Cougars – look, North Alabama is not a good team for the FCS level. So this is this shouldn't be much, right? And sometimes the Cougars have been a little sluggish in some games, in a couple games – and, and in the past with Kalani, they've, they've been a little sluggish in these these sort of games coming out of the gates. Um, but I think there should be, if, if the starters want to do a favor to everybody, they'll, they'll get out of the gates, <laughs> they'll see if they can get things moving, and then we'll, we'll get a little further down into the, uh, into the, the depth chart. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I think we want to see Jacob Conover, right? That'd be fun. Jaron Hall. Baylor Romney, I don't think anybody, you know, has locked that down. So be it'd be I think there's an interesting there's an interesting subplot uh to the whole thing. And then I I'd love to see, you know, some of these other guys get a chance to to make some plays. Uh Hobbs Nyberg has been back to receive. He really wanted to return a punt. Really want to return a punt. Maybe we can uh, get a chance to, you know, run a little tunnel screen for him and let him let him do something, uh, you know, get a chance to really let Sione Finau cook in the second half and kind of kind of do some of the things that he he wants to be able to show and put on tape uh, for the Cougars. So, look, it's a it's a chance for the depth to to play potentially. And uh, we definitely want to see them out there as quickly as we can. And so. I don't know if it will be like, well, whoever does best against North Alabama is the quarterbacks next year. No, I don't think so. But I do think it'll help. It'll really help. So I I hope we get a chance to kind of to kind of see. And I would use uh, the game against North Alabama as an opportunity, an opportunity to see what you have, see what Jacob Conover looks like. Uh, It's his first meaningful uh, football in, in quite a while, right? So it'd be it'd be interesting to kind of get him in there. And Baylor Romney, obviously, we we know what he is. And Jaron Hall, we haven't seen him all year. Haven't seen him all year. Um, and I I I think they can get away with that, that without having to you know worry about any sort of the uh, uh, issues of eligibility and all that stuff, right? So I think I think it's a a, a really fun, really good opportunity to kind of get into uh, some of the depth chart. So that's the the biggest thing. I hope we get to see Conover. Really would like to see Conover. That would be fun, wouldn't it? So how about that? 51-17, huh? <laughs> okay. It's just been fun. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just sit back and I'll just shout 51-17. Uh, makes me smile. Uh, Cougars obviously continue to play. Uh, great football. I, I uh, there's no result that's off the table for them now. I, I just uh, they've they've I've seen everything I need to see. I'd love to see them get a real test. The last thing I really want to do following uh, an impressive display against Boise State is have to play North Alabama. But this is what was scheduled anyway. You can't blame this one on 2020. This is what was scheduled. So it is what it is. 
Uh, other other thing that I want to do today, just quickly, is uh, if you'll permit me the opportunity, I just want to talk BYU basketball for a second. Uh, you know, I've been sitting on a couple thoughts. Anybody that's read my stuff on Vanquish the Foe uh, and has listened to this podcast knew that I was losing my mind for years and years because we weren't playing TJ Hawes at the point. He's playing off the ball. We're playing him off the ball for the right to have LJ Rose and Jasheer Hardnett play point guard. Didn't make any sense to me. Never made any sense to me. We put him at point guard last season and made a more natural point guard play off the ball. Like Alex Barcelo, we made him play off the ball. And <laughs> Cougars had like their best basketball season in a while. Obviously, Yoli Childs was really great. And Jake Tulsuma is an incredible addition to the team. I, I don't... I don't want to downplay their importance, but I, I also think that putting the ball in TJ Haas's hands was really smart. Just been thinking about that one as basketball's around the corner. I don't know how much college basketball we're gonna get. Because of 2020, because of all the all the all the stuff. Okay, all the stuff. But I just wanted to have a couple quick thoughts and conversation about the BYU basketball season in front of us. Uh, Alex Barcelo is being positioned as like the leader of this basketball team. So it's his second year here. The transfer from Arizona, obviously, you know about his competitive spirit. You know how hard he plays. He's the he's one of these guys who who sweats a ton. <laughs> like it, it doesn't take much. You're like, oh my gosh, you know. It, it, he looks like he's putting out a like Kyle Collinsworth used to play so many minutes. I mean, I think he's second all time in minutes played. Even though he had like a torn ACL, like, and, and while he was out there, obviously he was doing work. So he was getting his triple doubles. You know, he's he's the first BYU player to ever have a thousand rebounds. Yoli just passed him. Like, you know, all the assists, all the work. I mean, he's bringing the ball up the floor. He's he's rebound. I mean, he was working his tail off, and then at the end of the game, like his hair still looked perfect, and his face wasn't flushed and stuff. That's not the case with Alex Barcelo. <laughs> Alex Barcella looks exhausted, you know, two minutes into the game. <laughs> Which is just the way it goes, you know. I'm similar. Uh, so, uh, Alex Barcella obviously going to be a starter uh, for the Cougars this year. Connor Harding. Loved Connor Harding. Loved the work that Connor Harding did. Uh, last year, especially being used as like a defensive lockdown specialist. If a, if a wing got going, they threw Connor Harding on him and his life was miserable the rest of the night. And then he made corner threes like super. He was, a, he was the three and D guy and uh, really athletic six, six uh, again, you know, sometimes we forget how long he is because he moves so well. Uh, honestly, physically, Reminds me of Kyle Collinsworth, like the way he runs up and down the floor. Sometimes he's handled the ball a little. Uh, obviously, he's not Kyle Collinsworth, but he he physically has like the similar body movement and build. Um, kind of an interesting, interesting player. Love Connor Harding, though, right? Love him. Plays his role. Happy to play his role. Like it's been years and years since we've had a like a defensive shutdown guy, and uh, Connor Harding is one. So that's great. And this is the overall thing that I, I want to say is, is like 
The Cougars defensively, really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, obviously, then you got to think, let's go straight under the basket, right? You bring in seven foot three center from Amsterdam, Norway. Mm. Uh, transfer from Purdue, right? Uh, graduate transfer. Matt Harms. Matt Harms. We've watched him. Uh, you know, he, he's been a, a good 14, 15 point eight rebound guy. Pretty solid in Big Ten country. Uh, l- slower pace of play. Maybe a little bit quicker pace of play. We'll see his numbers improve and go up. Uh, needed to get out of Matt Painter's system, which was very uh, slow. <laughs> but, uh, Mark Pope is going to go a lot faster. And Matt Harms will put up a little bit better numbers. The question is, is, is can the big man run? 250, seeing him at, at that size, 250 is like kind of the limit. 255, I think, is the rule. Uh, if you're much over 255, it's hard to kind of really be be effective. But at 250, it's, I don't know, running the floor like that. The Cougars may have to be a little bit slower uh, for Matt Harms. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question Off, offensively. Actually, there's more questions offensively. But in terms of rim protection, 7 of it, 3. But he's not one of these tall guys that's afraid uh, of going in there. He gets in it, and he tries to block shots. So that's really great. Now you can, now you combine that with um, – oh, gosh. <laughs> Gavin Baxter. Gavin Baxter. You throw at Gavin Baxter – his leaping ability and how long he is, you know, again, 6'9", and he looks like he's on a pogo stick, really good at rim protection. I, you just think about Matt Harms and Gavin Baxter working together, Harms taking on at the point of attacks. Gavin Baxter is an off-the-ball because uh, that's the way he blocks shots. He usually does, doesn't block them if he's, you know, if it's a post feed and he's got a guard right on. He he is the help defense block shot guy. But Gavin Baxter, uh, real opportunity for him and Matt Harms. I just think scoring on the BYU team, Barcelo competes, Connor Harding, and then two rim protectors on the floor. Re- really interesting. Now, the next question is, is what do they do about the other wing, right? So the three. Uh, so some new faces to think about. Caleb Lohner, transfer from Utah, who they purposefully uh, did not list as being from Utah on the roster. I don't know if you've noticed that, but Wasatch Academy, kind of interesting, kind of interesting. Caleb Lohner, uh, big locks of hair. He's big, 6'8", 230, really athletic. Uh I don't know, though. I don't know if he's got the speed to really play out the wing. It'll be interesting. Gavin Baxter. Uh, if you go loner, Baxter, Harms, like while you might be able to block every shot at the rim, it, you might have a hard time getting out to the corners and, and, and defending the three. So interesting, interesting problems, right, to deal with. Beyond that, you know, Colby Lee was really good and serviceable. Uh, last year, he's coming off the bench more than likely. Kind of, kind of interesting. The uh, two UVU, there's three guys from UVU that are on the team. Uh, finally, going to be able to make their appearances. Wyatt Lowell. Uh, you're going to see Richard Harward, and and then Brandon Averett uh, came over as a graduate transfer from UVU, 
he'll be uh, on the guard line. He'll be backing up Alex Barcelo. Or you might see Alex Barcelo, Brandon Averett in the backcourt with Connor Harding at the wing. That that solves some of those problems. The good news is is that and then uh, the other one is uh, hearing lots of good things about Gideon George. Okay, just a few things. And obviously Jesse Wade had all the pedigree, all the pedigree, but too many injuries. Right? That's that's unfortunately the story with Jesse Wade. Um, hopefully though that. Hopefully, maybe he can find a role within this team. I, I'd love to see him, you know, get there. But injuries are a thing, man. <laughs> Even with all all the technology, and then of course there's lots of other kind of newer additions. But those are those are the guys that you'll, you're going to see. I think primarily you're going to see Everett, Marcelo, Baxter, George, Harms, Harding, uh, maybe Trevin Nell, maybe Trevin Nell. Uh, I actually think it's funny. We, we have like two guys that do the same thing. Trevin Nell and Spencer Johnson. Uh, Spencer Johnson just came in from Slick, Salt Lake Community College. They're shooters. And the rule's just going to be they don't, they're not defending anybody. But you bring them into the game, you let them shoot. If they make their first shot or they're, you know, if they, if they hit, then they get to keep playing. And then if they're missing, then they come out. <laughs> like, like, you just play the hot hand sort of thing, looking for a little firepower. You put them in. If uh, you get some points out of them in their three minutes, they get to keep going. If you don't, then okay. Uh, time to bring back in a more reliable guy. Um, it's kind of interesting though. Spencer Johnson, Trevor Nail, like same, same, same purpose. Uh, but anyway, you're gonna see Colby Lee, Caleb Owner, White Lowell. All right. And then, uh, I, and then there's a whole group of four guards, Pearson, Triple, Townsend, Triple, uh, Jesse Wade, and Brandon War. I think you might see Jesse Wade, I think the other three, a uh, year away, year or two away. Okay. Um, the good news with BYU basketball, and, and so they, I actually think that they're going to be a force defensively, and I'm really – Really anxious to see them offensively. Alex Barcelo hasn't been looked to to really score like this. Are we going to have to play slower? And what's Mark Pope, What's a Mark Pope team going to look like that's slower? Uh, you know, and, and doesn't have the same three-point pop. <laughs> Be interesting, right? Uh, in order to accommodate Matt Harms. Uh, those things are, are really interesting. Do you see Connor Harding taking another step forward? Really, really interested in seeing that. The the good news is the Cougars have a couple games to kind of work out work out the kinks early in the season to kind of see if things get solved. So let's just do this quick. Home with against Westminster again, opportunity to kind of work it out. They're playing New Orleans. Actually, uh, BYU played New Orleans in an NCAA tournament first round, uh, picked up the win. I think it was an overtime. Michael Smith. Um, you and then they got UVU. UVU. So uh, they got three games there to try to hopefully they'll be three and zero. Looks like they'll be three and zero. They'll they'll need to f- figure things out right and see if they can get things together. And then uh, they have one of these mid uh, mid season tournaments events, mid mid tournament mid season tournament events, MTE events, uh, where they'll have USC and then the winner of UConn or Vanderbilt. Uh, 
<clears throat> or or I guess the loser of UConn, Vanderbilt, if BYU loses to USC. And then it just and then it just cooks. <laughs> then so they got three games to figure it out, and then they have lots of name name opponents. You could potentially have a, a USC, UConn, or Vanderbilt, Utah State, Boise State, uh, Utah, San Diego State. Like that's a pretty good little stretch. Uh, then they have Texas Southern, Weber, uh, and then they start West Coast Conference play. Gonzaga uh, ranked number one team in America. So, uh, once again, the Zags, always, always, always a big, big obstacle. (laughs) It's pretty fun to have a team like that uh, in your conference, but it also means you don't win the conference ever. (laughs) Anyway, really excited to see BYU basketball back. Hopefully we'll get a lot of opportunities to see them play. But, again, we're we're seeing other college basketball teams across the country have to drop out or decide to sit out for the year. Uh, and so, uh, we don't want to, you know, keep going on that. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, um, the Cougars signed on the basketball side of things. They signed another athletic wing, really excited about him. Uh, he's from Bamako, Mali, right? Uh, and I'm going to butcher this, but Fuseni Traore. Okay. Fuseni Traore, but six, seven, two thirty-five. Big kind of bruiser forward. He'll be like a power forward, a little undersized, uh, but uh, has huge arms. <laughs> go go on social media and see the pictures of Fusini, Fus- Fusini Traore. I, how can somebody as young as him be that built? Unbelievable. Incredible. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, enough ramblings of a mad BYU, mad, crazy, madman that loves BYU sports. Um, hope all of you are doing very well. want to take one more second to mention uh, our, our sponsors for this week. Uh, we have Your True Voice, uh, Deborah Bonner's Superior Vocal Training Program. Go take the same lesson that she gives. She has, she has coached people to the Metropolitan Opera. And her technique has gotten people to the Grammy Awards. Woo! She's the real deal. So you want to check out Deborah Bonner's Superior Vocal Training Program, Your True Voice. That's what it's called. Go to yourtruevoice.com. Take the same first lesson that she gives everybody absolutely for free. It's pretty great. I actually went in. I did it. It actually made me change the way I thought about speaking and singing in like a 10 minute period. So so go check it out. Yourtruevoice.com. It, she truly believes singing's an athletic event and and she was going to, you know, train your larynx to operate and function in the optimal way so that you can just crush it when you sing. Also, I uh, want to shout out our friends at uh, Waveform Sleep. Go check out waveformsleep.com. As always, they're selling their adjustable power bases. They're trying to clear out their warehouse. So these puppies are priced to sell. And beyond that, they're giving 20% off to those who listen to CougarCast. So go to waveformsleep.com. Go get yourself, upgrade your master bedroom. Just do it. Just do it. Get an, <laughs> an adjustable power base. It's a great Christmas gift. If you're thinking about it, 20% off. Use promo code CougarCast at checkout. So thank you to our sponsors. 
And again, thank you to each of you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it. Give us a review. Five stars only, though. If you think, eh, but you know, it's good, but it's a four star. Don't review it. <laughs> okay? Uh, or, or do. I don't, whatever. It's fine. Uh, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And again, uh, shout out to Kyle Morrell. What a fantastic, fabulous, fabulous football player. And again, if you have it inside of you, little donation to ALS in the name of Kyle Morrell. Be something nice for you to do. Take care of yourselves, each and every one of you out there. I hope you are all doing extremely well. Hang in there and uh, enjoy a little... Uh, scrimmage against (laughs) North Alabama uh, and uh, go Cougars.